sorry but it's been a while um i've been out on tour for the entire month of november uh got back and uh sort of just got right into preparation for recording the new album and uh it's been taking up a lot of my time that and uh basically just kind of syncing up with the everyday life you know you sort of get into this uh this vibe when you're out on the road eating at denny's every day staying in hotels uh playing shows not sleeping driving across the country and um, just kind of living this renegade lifestyle. So you're going a million miles a minute, you get home and everything stops. So uh, it's a little bit of an adjustment to get back in the swing of things. And um, you know, here I am in time for the holiday season. Being on the road during the election was kind of interesting to say the least. Uh, we were in Atlanta, Georgia on the night of the elections. And, uh, you know, there was no one at the show. Um, everybody, I'm ass- I mean, that's assuming anyone would have been at our, one of our shows in Atlanta anyway. But, um, yeah, the vibe was that everyone was glued to the TV set watching the elections and slowly observing Donald Trump overtake Hillary Clinton. As everyone knows, he's now a president-elect. Uh, the fucked up thing is that he actually lost the populist vote, which um, indicates that we really need some reforms when it comes to the elections in this country. And um, if only, if the only thing that we get out of this is that things need to change, uh, maybe that's good. Um, in times like this, I keep thinking about Michael Chandler, the lightweight champion in Bellator. Uh, he was a he had his, he had the title once before and lost it went into a three or four fight winning streak and uh, looked like he was about to get cut. And um, yeah, he basically uh, changed himself around and reinvented himself and won the title back. And I remember listening to an interview with him on uh, the MMA Hour. And he was saying that, yeah, was that even a bad thing? Look at all the good things that happened as a result of me losing the title. So whenever I'm faced with situations like this where I feel like my back's against the wall, uh, there's no way out. I might as well give up. I might as well throw the towel in. I think about that interview I heard with Michael Chandler. And um, yeah, maybe that's one of the situations. Maybe we're looking at our fucking president. I hate it. It's with such vitriol that I say that word referring to Donald Trump. And maybe as fucked up as it seems, maybe something good can come out of this. Um, you know, Maybe something's going to change. You know, Maybe there'll be a a race war. <laughs> Maybe there'll be some riots. Maybe um, someone will overthrow the government. I don't know. There's actually all these conspiracy theories about saying how this is actually a New World Order plot. It was a conspiracy to get Donald Trump in there. And uh, there's going to be an outside, a um, non-domestic 
threat that's going to take over our country. Anyway, this is getting far into the realm of, um, you know, tinfoil hat, uh, you know, style. So um, I'm going to I'm going to kind of stick with the script here. And um, yeah, maybe this will bring about reform. Maybe people start paying attention. The one thing I have to say about Republicans is they show up. They definitely uh, stick to the plot. They show up and they vote. I can't really say the same about Democrats. According to some stats that I saw, uh, Democrat voting has been decreasing over the last uh, 10, 15 years. So uh, that's what happens. You know, This kind of leads into some points that I want to bring up too. I mean, I, I, I try not to get into politics. I mean, I'm not... Uh, the most well-versed person to be speaking on these topics, but I can all I can say is there's things I've observed in the last year. Um, yeah, I mean, the preoccupation with certain things that I just don't think were as critical as avoiding the Antichrist taking over our country. Some of those things are, and I hate to use the term social justice warriors, but you know, this preoccupation with uh, gender pronouns, using the correct gender pronouns. Um, cultural misappropriation. I mean, these are all very important things. However, I don't think they're as as important as voting for the correct candidate. And I'm not saying that Hillary Clinton was a correct candidate. But I feel like the left and progressives and Democrats are just have been distracted by all these, the static and look, hey, man, I support whatever your decision is. I want you to be exactly who you want to be. I want you to manifest your destiny. I want you to be able to walk freely through this land, representing whatever gender you want. I support all that stuff. However, I think that it's kind of whack to alienate people and um, you know, just be preoccupied with this stuff. Look what happened. You know, everyone was very, not everyone, but there is a vibration amongst progressives that this was like the most crucial thing. This gender pronoun vibe, this cultural misappropriation, and um, this basic oversensitivity. And I think that uh, sort of speaks to um, a society where we don't have any real threats. And when we do have a real threat, we choose to ignore it. We choose to bury our head in the sand. We choose to find things that are not challenging to us to spend our time focusing on. Anyway, that's all I have to say about politics. And uh, yeah, I uh, never thought it would happen. And, um, you know, we were finishing up our set in Atlanta and it was about midnight. It was a little bit after midnight when we were, uh, you know, wrapping it up. And I remember... uh, you know, when the house lights went on and I was uh, back packing up my gear, I was like, man, I wonder who won. And uh, based on the reaction I saw around me, um, I knew that the answer wasn't the answer that I was hoping for. And like I said, I don't support Hillary Clinton, but I support Donald Trump less. And that's a fucked up position to be in in this country where you're voting for the lesser of two evils. And I'm not saying it's the right thing to do to vote for Hillary Clinton. We have other candidates. We have other parties. Money runs this country. And that's why most people think that we only have two options. And uh, hopefully in the place in history that we're at right now, 
this will lead to some kind of reform and people start paying attention to these other parties out there. I'm not saying that any of those candidates are viable either. Um, I personally was a Bernie Sanders supporter. I didn't believe he had a chance of winning the presidency, but I threw my lot in with Bernie. He said a lot of things that made sense to me. And um, I just knew that um, he wasn't going to make it. And that's a pretty cynical way to look at things. But, you know, I, uh, that's how I saw it. You know, and the, the comedy of errors, the tragic comedy of errors that was the 2016 presidential election, it, it seemed like it was the plot out of a dark comedy. And um, like it was a part of some game. And, um, and those of you out there who believe that we are living in a simulation, this is actually proof, proof positive that there's probably some pimply-faced 16-year-old kid controlling our destiny. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's a lot to think about. And um, we were in the, south, the Southeast, and, uh, you know, probably uh, not the most forward-thinking part of this country. Uh, I spoke to some folks as we traveled through the Southeast, and, uh, you know, they uh, were good people, um, you know, saw the situation for what it was. But, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was a real eye-opener, and it gave me a lot to think about on this last trip. And uh, so I don't know. We're rounding out 2016. This year flew right by, man. I'm telling you. You hit a certain age and the years just start flying. Time flies. And uh, and yeah, man, enjoy your lives, you know, because uh, <laughs> the years keep going quicker and quicker as time goes on. I didn't mean to start off on um, kind of a bummer, but, uh, but yeah, this episode is just going to be me. Um, I figured I uh, didn't want to go too long without dropping one of these. And uh, hopefully uh, Paul Delaney from Black Anvil will be joining us for one more episode of 2016 before uh, we turn the calendar over. And um, I just feel like uh, I, I owed you guys one. Talk some shit. It's the end of the year. Go over some lists that I wrote up. And... Um, you know, just kind of keep things rolling. Uh, the new Black Anvil album is getting ready to be dropped next month, and um, I'm real excited about that. Uh, those guys are great friends of mine, and uh, Tombs and Black Anvil have played many, many shows together, and I hope to continue doing that into the future. So, yeah, their new record's coming out on Relapse next month, and um, I've heard the entire thing. I wrote a uh, record of the day for Bandcamp, which will you know, be shown, you know, seeing the light of day, hopefully around the time the record comes out. And, um, the record's great, man. It's got all the things you love about Black Anvil's other albums, plus some more. Uh, one of the things that I picked up on the most about it is, uh, this sort of old hard rock, heavy metal influence. Uh, you know, I can hear like some Scorpions, um, like old Metallica riffing, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff, as well as like, you know, brutal black metal and like kind of rock and roll, blackened rock and roll, I guess. And uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that thing um, coming out, looking forward to holding an LP vinyl in my hand. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll catch those guys on the uh, Mayhem tour. I believe I'll be home in time for that. In other news, uh, Tombs will be entering the studio next month down in Manus Studios with Eric Rutan. Uh, 
Eric uh, recorded Savage Gold, and uh, this will be the second time around for us, and I'm really looking forward to it. <clears throat> These last few weeks were spent just kind of like tidying everything up, tightening up the guitar playing, uh, finishing up lyric writing, uh, doing a lot of practicing on my own, and uh, finishing up a demo that I recorded at Chapel Black, which is the Black Anvil studio, and uh, actually a couple days ago, actually yesterday, yesterday was sunday today's monday so yeah yesterday i finished up all of the uh back all the vocal tracks and um backup vocals and uh i had charlie come down and sing and you know rafe put some backing vocals on and uh probably gonna have a mix of this demo uh probably by the end of the week james is gonna be mixing it james van dusen um good good buddy of ours and uh yeah it sounds great or I mean, I'm, I'm satisfied with it. I like it. I don't know if any of you guys will like it, but I think it sounds good. And uh, I'm pretty happy with it. I think most people think that the, the recent thing, the most recent work they have is their best, but I think it is our best work. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting down there and recording it next month. And I've been told there'll be a June release. So we'll see what that, what that hap happens, actually. Thomas Hooper will be back doing the artwork. Um, the projected title is called November Wolves and uh, yeah I like the ring of that it ties into one of the songs on the record a song about werewolves you know not not the sort of Lon Chaney stuff which I think is cool um, but just kind of tying into the primal nature of man and uh, reflecting on that that's really what the song is about and uh, using the werewolf as kind of a metaphor so, uh, yeah, the record kind of references a lot of things like that. You know, the primal nature of man, bloodlust, darkness, death. All my favorite topics will be on this record. You know, belief in oneself and uh, the unknown, all those things. We're going to be exploring all that terrain on the next album. So anyone who caught us on the road last month has uh, seen a couple of the songs being performed live. There's uh, the first couple of songs in our set were new. Um, one of the tracks was actually November Wolves. Another one was called uh, Dark. Another track was called Dark Sun Horizon. And then there's another track called Cold. And then the rest of the set was comprised of... Uh, stuff off of all empires fall and path totality but uh yeah man we got this tour coming up in march um unfortunately you know the record won't be out by then but we'll be out on the road with um ringworm and darkest hour and i'm hoping to be playing a large portion of the new record on that tour uh, we're, we're our set's relatively short so we're not going to be able to play the entire record but uh yeah, looking to play a couple of these songs out, out on the road coming up. So 2016 is almost over. It's always a weird time of year for me, man. Um, I guess like in the last 10 years of my life, Christmas and New Year's and all this stuff has gotten real conceptual. Um, yeah, the times used to roll when I was a kid, man. I mean, I had a bigger family, and um, 
you know, we'd all get together and it was all great. And, um, you know, over the years, people pass away. Some people move out of town, living in different states, and it's harder for everyone to get back together and, you know, enjoy each other's company for the holidays. So things have gotten real conceptual for me. You know, it's just kind of me and my folks and um, a couple other, you know, aunts show up, cousins. But it's not, uh, you know, it isn't those uh, rolling good times in my youth anymore. So, uh, so yeah, I can't really say that I'm excited about this time of year. Um, you know, it's been kind of a rough year, a lot of change in my life, and um, just trying to stay in that positive frame of mind, trying to stay focused and moving forward. Um, there are times when uh, you know, your brain kind of fucks with you a little bit, tries to push you back into the old ways. But, uh, you know, and I'm not talking about, like, you know, anything real heavy. It's just like, you know you develop all these patterns, which at some point in your life you think, yeah, man, this is what makes me up. But then you realize that these patterns are these self-imposed prisons that you put on yourself. That none of that stuff is real on the external world. It only exists inside your brain. And any real change has to come from within before you can actually change what's outside of you. And uh, I just kind of keep rolling with that idea. You know, whenever... I wake up in the middle of the night feeling that anxiety about, have I made a mistake in my life? Have I made the wrong turn? Did I fuck up somewhere along the way? You know, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because that stuff is only inside your head. You might have did these things and maybe you didn't. Maybe you remembered incorrectly. Maybe your feelings changed Maybe you thought you were doing the right thing at one point in your life. And then later on, you decided that wasn't the right thing. doesn't matter because you're exactly where you're supposed to be. This is all you really have is the present. The past doesn't exist and the future doesn't exist yet. And if you want to do something different, you got to rearrange your thoughts and make that happen. You know, easier said than done, man. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm like, fuck. What did I just do? Should I have stayed in school? Should I have stayed at my job? Should I have never moved to New York City? Should I have stayed in Boston? Should I have never left my hometown? Should I have gotten a job at the grocery store? Should I have done this and that? You know, your mind spins out of control, man. But like I said, in 100 years, it's not going to matter because we're all going to be dead. We'll all be dust. And the only thing you have is right now. So I'm just trying to roll with that idea. All right, man. So let's talk about the year in review. Everyone has, uh, you know, their top records. You know, now all the lists are coming out and all the different blogs. And, uh, you know, no one asked me what I, uh, no, none of these lists, no one asked me to make any of these lists. No, No one really solicited my uh, input on any of these things this is just for me and for you guys and uh something i thought's fun and i like to look back on the year and be like yeah what happened this year like what, what's cool what did i like and um so yeah man for the top I, I go with five honestly i think 10 is too many i think that it's you're hard pressed to come up with five solid decisions as what was the best you know by by the time you get to seven eight nine ten in your list 
you probably only listen to those records maybe five or you know maybe five times maybe twice maybe three times but the top five records are records that you fucking listen to man that you live with and like take with you stuff that you think about so that's what these top five are for me and um you know this order is kind of arbitrary i'm not going to say it's like not completely without any thought but um starting um starting at five we got Arancy pazuzu varatelesia varatelesia um yeah i know i probably destroyed that but uh but yeah man Arancy pazuzu one of the trippiest black metal bands out there um I was fortunate enough uh, several years ago to see them perform live at Roadburn. They played the same day, the same stage that we played. And uh, I remember hearing about that and being really excited because, uh, you know, I um, had been a fan of theirs for a couple of years at that point. I remember my uh, my old roommate, Hunter, turned me on to them. And the CD was uh, had like an astronaut on it with like this weird bird symbol like up in the corner. And, uh, yeah, that was like pretty, uh, pretty trippy for, especially for a black metal band. And, um, and yeah, ever since then I've been a fan and, uh, so their new record, number five for me, number four is, uh, Ulta Converging Sins. And, um, you know, it's not a household name, but I'm sure some of you guys have heard of this band. They're German. It features my, uh, dear friend, uh, Ralph Schmidt on vocals and guitar and, uh, you know, I've known Ralph for quite a while at this point, and um, I've experienced all of his bands. And uh, Toombs did a split 12-inch with his old band Planks, and we, we toured, did a brief tour of Europe together. We toured the States, and, uh, you know, that's, that's not even the beginning of the journey that Ralph and I have had together, but we've been through a lot together, and um, I've always been a big fan of all of his music endeavors. And uh, I have to say that Ulta is probably... The finest work that he's done and um it sounds very european and um if once you guys if you guys check it out you'll know what i'm talking about it's got like uh you know a lot of these like european influences i can hear breach um in there um you know cult of luna and um you know heavy duty black metal influence like little emperor uh all the good stuff enslaved um a lot of clean guitar work on this record, which I really enjoy. It's like kind of creepy, um, dead man-esque intros in some some parts of the record. And then, um, yeah, just powerful music, man. And, um, you know, their songs are pretty long. So uh, it's a time investment. Uh, it's not the kind of music you put on to rock the party, um, you know. But it's uh, it's definitely a music music that you would listen to and really absorb and sort of lose yourself in. So if you have some time where you're by yourself, hang out early evening, put this record on, and just kind of meditate in there, you know. And uh, so that's number four. Number three is of course Neurosis, Fires Within Fires. Every time Neurosis puts a record out. They're definitely in my top five. I mean, they're probably one of the most important bands to me um, in my life. I mean, I'd say, you know, Neurosis, Black Flag, Slayer, Black Sabbath. uh, You know, those are all bands that really sort of formed 
my musical background and gave me the inspiration to make music. And uh, yeah, the Rosas, um, when I first heard them, they blew my mind. And the first time I saw them, I thought the world was ending, man. It was like one of the most intense shows I've ever experienced. And, you know, their records connect with me on levels that I'm not even aware of at times. But, uh, but yeah, their new one's great. Fires Within Fires. Uh, yeah, man, they, they're aging well. Um, you know, they don't just keep making the same record over and over again. They're in like a different phase to go along with a different perspective on life. And, uh, and that's kind of the beauty of the band is that it's pro- mostly pretty much the same guys. You know, I mean, there, you know, there's been some lineup changes from the early era. You know, Von Till's not an original member. Um, you know, but the core, you know, the creative essence of the band is still basically the same. And uh, you can take it from me. I understand that. I understand how hard it is to keep a band together. <laughs> Uh, anyone who's familiar with my band Tombs understands that I understand this. So, so yeah, that's, that's my third. Number two is The Violent Sleep of Reason by Meshuggah. And, um, yeah, Meshuggah are a band that, though, you know, I would classify them as a death metal band for sure. Uh, they kind of straddle a couple of different genres, in my opinion. Um, you know, that like progressive element, um, their death metal element. Some of their detractors have accused them of uh, sounding new metal at times. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, they got some heavy grooves in their records, some of their records. Some of them are incredibly mathy and very technical. And uh, this new one, The Violent Sleep of Reason, kind of leans more on the on the tech side. Um you know, there's a lot of groove, but it's more on that. They're one of the earlier records, Obzen. I, I feel like these two records are similar in some ways. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I swear, I've been running that one pretty pretty regularly. That's like a driving song for me. And number one, the anticipated uh, record by Dark Throne, Arctic Thunder. And, uh, you know, Dark Throne, one of the original bands for me back in the day around 1994 when I first discovered black metal. Um, It's kind of a funny story. Uh, My old band was getting ready to go on tour and the record label um, had an office. So we stopped by. I think they were going to give us a check and uh, for tour support or something like that. And they had a bunch of mags, which uh, a bunch of zines that we took on the road with us. And one of them was, um, I don't know, it might have been Rip or Metal Maniacs or, you know, some heavy metal style magazine that doesn't exist anymore. And they had a huge sort of expose article about Norwegian black metal. And at that time, I'd never heard of any of these bands. You know, Burzum, Dark Throne, Emperor... Uh, mayhem was mentioned in there um and the stuff was like fascinating like the stories the imagery uh you know everything everything was there all the, the, the backstory the murder Euronymous, uh you know church burnings like all that stuff was all covered in this article and who the main players were and all that stuff and then uh 
later on in that tour, I found the Emperor Enslaved split cassette um, at some record store somewhere. And um, that was it. Dipping my toe in the pool of black metal. Yeah, but Darkthorn was among one of those early bands that I first got into. And they were actually, along with Emperor, they were the two bands I really dug right off the bat. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, Blaze in the Northern Sky. Uh, still one of my favorite records by them. I mean, that's not to say that I enjoy all of their records equally. Um, there's certain phases of their career which I could, uh, you know, I, I like more than others. But this new one, Arctic Thunder is uh, kind of combines a lot of the different eras of the band in some ways. I mean, there's like some straight up like Tom G. Warrior, you know, Celtic Frost, Hellhammer um, riffing. And then there's like, uh, I forgot what song it is, but there's one point of the record where there's like this total power metal melodic vocal line at the end of the song. And uh, yeah, it's great. It's a great record. And you know something, man? No one, no one has this record on their lists. All these like so-called experts out there who are writing about music and they're putting together their year-end lists. They have these. They don't. They they somehow overlook this record, and I I take offense to that because without Dark Throne, there wouldn't be any of these other bands. There would be less of them, which is you know maybe that's a good thing. But uh, a lot of you know the people owe Dark Throne Fenris. You know they 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 owe him some respect for being a pioneer in this uh, musical genre. But yeah, that's my number one record of the year. And uh, no one else seemed to uh, get on board with that. So I don't know. What are you going to do? So I'm going to move on to some movies. Um, for those of you out there who don't know this, I do another podcast with my buddy Mike Scandato, who um, Mike's the singer in The Last Stand and Inhuman. He's been on this podcast a number of times as a guest. Actually, the first episode ever was uh, me and Mike... Uh, sitting at the Daisy's Diner in Park Slope on Fifth Avenue after going to see the Serbian film at uh, the Alpine Theater in Bay Ridge. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that first episode of Everything Went Black was like the prototype for the Necromaniacs podcast, which is the you know the the show I do with Mike. So some of, some of these movies we talked about, um, some we didn't, and um, yeah. So I'm just gonna start with my fifth movie. So um, number five is uh, The Purge, Election Year. Yeah, I know. Um, it's a bubblegum movie. Um, I'm sure you guys out there probably think the movie's garbage, but I have like a soft spot in my heart for these movies. I saw the first one, and I was like, yeah, man, this is kind of a cool idea. Um, over the top, it's a little satirical, and uh, I've actually seen all of the installments in this series. And uh, so, yeah, the, you know, election year takes place in election year. And um, there's definitely a vibe, you know, that parallels what went on in 2016. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's got everything in it, man. If You know, it's a fun movie. It's just uh, with a little bit of social satire. You know, Frank Grillo's in it. I'm a big fan of his. He seems like a cool guy, you know. He's in awesome shape, and he's a dude. He's like in, he's like fifty four years old, like shredded, trains jujitsu every day. I'm down with that. He's a, he's a pretty good actor too. So that's number five. Number four is uh, a movie called Approaching the Unknown, and that stars uh, Mark Strong. 
it's kind of like the dark side or the dark version of the uh, the Martian, the movie that's got uh, you know that guy in it from Goodwill Hunting, um, not Ben Affleck, the other dude. And uh, <laughs> so uh, it, it's like a pretty heavy movie actually, and um, it's not all fun and games. It's uh, this very lonely depressing vibe that permeates the whole thing it's kind of this uh the story is this mark strong guy is is an astronaut he's on a one-way mission to mars and he's not meant to come back and his gig is to go there and sort of start the terraforming process of mars because i think by now it's a, a given that we're destroying planet you know planet earth and at some point we're gonna have to like get off this planet and uh cultivate some you know, interstellar uh, habitats for ourselves. So it kind of plays into that storyline. And um, of course, something malfunctions, you know, it looks like, a, you know, it, it, it's a heavy duty movie. It's not, it's not a fun movie to watch. There's some pretty cool scenes that take place in outer space. And, um, you know, he safely arrives on Mars, but he's there. And who knows if he's going to survive? Who knows if this whole thing was futile? They sent him up there with a bunch of seeds and uh, a way of extracting drinkable water out of the ap- out of the soil and or the atmosphere. I forgot. Who knows if it's going to work? It might. A guy might have given his life up in vain, you know. So I don't know. It was cool. I enjoyed it. It was uh, intense, heavy. Um, maybe ask uh, a lot of questions, you know, about humanity and its place in the universe. So yeah, check it out. Not a lot of people talked about it, so I'm talking about it right now. And, you know, it was good. Uh, number three is The Green Room, which we talked about on Necromaniacs, an episode that Mike did. And we both really dug this movie. And it stars the uh, the late Anton Yeltsin. And um, you also notice that uh, Captain Picard from Star Trek is uh, is on it, is in it too. And... Um, yeah, it's it's uh you know it's it's a thriller. Um, the thing I liked about it is it more or less accurately portrayed the sort of day to day life of a, a kind of low level DIY like punk band being on tour and the sort of mishaps that fall you that befall you running out of gas, shows falling through, dealing with like hostile crowds. Um, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, you know, basically, he's in the, you know, this Yeltsin guy's in a band. The show falls through. Some kid at a radio station connects him with his brother, who's like a white power skin. <laughs> and they uh, let him play, uh, they let him jump on an existing show, which takes place out in the middle of the woods. It's some compound, some skinhead compound. And uh, they get to jump on on the bill with these uh, these Nazi bands. And, um as you can imagine, all hell breaks loose. You know, there's like murder, uh, gang violence, um, you know, the couple of chokeouts. There's like a, a very rudimentary display of uh, guard play and the rear naked choke. And there's an arm bar in the movie. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's cool. A lot, a lot of people got into this film. I, th- I, th- I think that this movie showed up on other people's lists as being like a movie to check out. And there was, there was a lot of talk about it. And, um, you know, when, when Anton Yelchin died, um, I mean, I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't really know 
his body of work. Um, he was good in the film, but I don't, I couldn't name other films that he was in. Maybe I don't know, but it was a fine movie, and um, I would definitely recommend it. What are we up to? Number two. So number two was The Witch, directed by Robert Eggers, and you know me and Mike covered this in Necromaniacs too. But yeah, it's uh, though I don't think it accurately portrays witchcraft per se, like in the Wiccan tradition. I do think that it portrays what people who aren't familiar with the occult might think witchcraft is. It's a good movie. Um, I don't see it as like a document chronicling any kind of, uh, you know, factual uh, studies on witchcraft. But it was definitely fun. Um, you know, there's some supernatural elements in it, which I think are cool. There's like a Black Phillip, this like awesome, you know, goat, you know, looks with the evil eyes and the horns and everything. And um, yeah, it was cool. It was a good movie. A lot of people got on board with this. I think that a lot of uh, a lot of kind of like goth chick groups out there are uh, are big fans of this film, and um, that's cool. You know, it's kind of tailor made for them. I enjoyed it, even though I'm not a goth chick. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it was fun. It was incredibly incredible looking. It was like one of the best looking films that come out this year. The acting was great. At times, it was hard to understand what they were saying because it was spoken in this like old English dialect. And uh, yeah, it was um, once again like highly recommended. Now, number one is a comic book film called Deadpool, and uh, you know Ryan Reynolds, the star, apparently was uh, very deeply invested in this film, and he really wanted to to see an R-rated you know, comic book movie, because I got to be honest again, I'm not really a big Deadpool fan. I have to be honest with you. I'm not really a big dead. I have to be honest with you. I'm not really a big Deadpool fan. Um, you know, I love comics. I've been reading comic books my whole life. I never really got into Deadpool. I mean, he was cool as a backup, you know, showed up in Spider-Man and whatever. When he was in the Punisher, I thought he was cool, but like his own personal, his own series, I never read. And I thought he was kind of a goofy character, but um, the one thing I did know is that if you were ever going to make a movie out of it, you had to make it, you had to go all in. And that's why I tip my hat to Ryan Reynolds to make sure that he made sure this film was like R-rated. Didn't like, you know, shirk away from any of the graphic content, you know, and, and uh, it was an enjoyable film, man. It was probably my favorite movie that came out this year, you know. Now, I know, this isn't meant to be an all-inclusive list. I'm sure I forgot something. I'm sure once this thing goes up, I'm going to remember a movie or a record that I forgot to put on this list. But that's life, man. You know, I'm not perfect. So, um, so yeah, those are my two lists. I hope you guys, uh, you know, enjoy that. There's uh, some other stuff that was really cool that I got into in 2016. And um, one of them is uh, this, this TV show on HBO called Westworld. And, uh, you know, a lot of people check that out. I really was pretty obsessed with it when it was on. First season I thought was amazing. Um, It kind of connected directly with a lot of, you know, sort of topics that I spent a lot of time meditating on regarding consciousness and, uh, you know, uh, 
all that all that trippy stuff about what's life you know could life be created were we created by gods you know were those gods just some scientist or engineer that was like fucking around with a bunch of cells and then suddenly this like spark of consciousness arose was secreted from the primordial ooze you know who knows anyway yeah it touches on that um that's a that's a pretty pretty heavy topic i thought it was incredibly well done uh anthony hopkins is like without parallel ed harris was great i thought he just chewed the scenery in this in when he was on on camera ed harris has always been like one of my favorite favorite actors i love him and everything i've seen him in the dude looks the same age for like 40 years that's i don't know what he maybe he blood maybe he bathes in the blood of children or something i don't know but that dude never seems to age i hope i look as good as he does when i'm his age i probably won't i'll probably be dead by the time you know i probably won't even make it to his age but yeah um that was a that was a high point of uh, entertainment in 2016 um Something that came up late musically that I'm really into is this new band called Memoriam, and it uh, it features uh, members of Bolt Thrower, Benediction, Sacrilege. It's like these British death metal guys, and um, they have like a seven inch out. Uh, you can find it on iTunes. Look it up on YouTube. It's uh, fucking brutal, mid tempo, just gnarly death metal, like in the style of of Bolt Thrower, you know. And, and it's uh, the two songs I have, I've been running those and uh, really into it, man. It's really good stuff. Apparently, they have a new record coming out next year. And I, you know, if we're lucky, we'll see them on tour. Maybe they'll get them to play like Maryland Death Fest or something like that. You know, that'd be really great to see, be able to see them. And because uh, I missed Bolt Thrower when they came through. And um, I've never seen them ever. So Memoriam might be like a very very cool uh second run like a runner-up to not seeing bolt thrower so yeah that's um you know that, that's a really great great find um this is kind of you know, funny uh i've never been a huge ministry fan um you know i i like them i have some of their records i kind of prefer the more electronic stuff they did you know i think you know the song stigmata is really cool um when they started getting into like the more metallic stylings, uh, it felt a little disingenuous for, to me. Um, you know, it's like entry level heavy metal, uh, entry level thrash. I don't know. It's like, uh, why would I listen to that record if I could listen to Rain and Blood? That's kind of the vibe I had. You know, it wasn't as interesting as the electronic stuff they did, and it wasn't as like intense and punishing as like Slayer. You know, so why I had no real reason to get into those records. So when Filth Pig came out, I completely ignored it, which a lot of people did, apparently. A lot of people don't like that record. I remember hearing about that when my old band was on tour with Fetus in Europe. And um, it was right around that time that Filth Pig was getting ready to be released. Or maybe it was available in Europe or something. But I remember the guys in Fetus were, Fetus were talking about it. And... uh you know, sort of, I think I might even have heard a track off the record, and um, I was like, oh, you know, this, is, this is okay, and then forgot, quickly forgot about it. That just wasn't my jam, you know? I was more interested in listening to Dead Guy and Bloodlet and bands like that around that time. 
So, um, you know, years later, you know, quite a, quite a number of years later, 2016, I discovered Finn Filth Pig. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But, uh, but yeah, I, I've been listening to that record almost every day for like the past, um, you know, couple of weeks. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a record that we ran in the van on one of the nights that we had to drive. And uh, I was like, wow, this is like not at all what I expected. I thought I didn't think it was going to be as good as this. Like I, I knew that they had that Bob Dylan cover, which I think is like a low point of that dude's entire career, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not even an Al Jorgensen fan. I mean, I think he's like a very talented guy, but um, inconsistent at best, you know? Definitely a pioneer. Give him respect for what he's done to the genre of whatever you want to call it, industrial electronic music. But um, I think I might venture to say that Filth Pig's my favorite ministry album. So anyway, that's uh, that's about all I got for you guys. You know, it's um, Monday night. Not much else going on tonight. It's that week before Christmas. A lot of people are starting to leave town. Um, yeah, I just got more practicing to do. Just getting ready for that recording. And uh, so everybody, have a great holiday. Um, be safe. Have a safe and happy New Year. Um, if things go well and we are able to work it out, Paul's going to come over and we'll do one last episode of the year with him featuring Paul from Black Anvil. But if not, and if we have to wait, you guys have a great holiday and I'll see you guys out on the road. Cheers. Cheers.